Welcome to Oilfield Talk. My name is Trey Falk, and I'm host of Oilfield Talk podcast. We want to speak with workers from all other aspects of the oil and gas industry and allow them the outlet to tell some crazy, amazing stories you just wouldn't believe are true. Not just the wildcats, the drillers, the roughnecks, the roustabouts, but the land-based offshore drilling operations, service companies, vendors, third-party personnel, production, transportation, all aspects that provide expertise throughout the oil field industry. But each of these have many, many hilarious stories to share about their time in the oil patch. I have no doubt that we will be able to share entertaining stories or tell tall tales that anyone who works in the industry will appreciate and get a hearty laugh while listening. But this is also going to be a family podcast. We'll be able to invite our families at home to listen Although they won't believe half the stories we share, they may have a couple of dozen questions. Maybe it will give them and everyone a greater appreciation of the jobs we have in the oil field and why we enjoy our oil field family for half a year. So please take an hour or so out of your day. Give a listen to the Oil Field Talk podcast. Hope you enjoy the stories as much as I enjoy bringing them to you. Good morning from Sealy, Texas. I'm sitting with Mr. Justin. I'm going to let him introduce himself here in just a minute. I guess introduced through the mutual friend Dan Morrison, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. He's interested in the oil field. He wants to maybe get into it. Not really sure what he wants to do yet or how to go about it. He wanted to meet up. And I said, well, if we're going to meet up and talk, we're going to record. He's good for that. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Born in Alvin, Texas. Dad worked for ConocoPhillips in the refineries and whatnot, as welding, refinery managers, stuff like that, all those sorts of things. And then ended up getting relocated in the full share area. Family moved to Sealy. So kind of raised raised in Sealy here. Sealy's still a country. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's 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 grown. It's grown. A lot of oh, people yeah. from the Katy area are starting to move in. And I mean, it's nothing like it was when I was here. I mean, they built a second elementary now and still only have one high school. You see a lot more restaurants and subdivisions and other sorts of things going up right now. So Sealy is probably, I don't know, probably 30 miles from Houston to the west. So where Katy used to be the country. All right. We're back recording. I had to change those batteries again. I can edit all that together and put it where it doesn't sound like any issues. Like we were saying, we're about 30 miles to the west of Houston. Beautiful country out here. Also where I recorded Mr. Crutcher, who is going to be outstanding. I'm going to put a teaser in of his interview I did last night. I've been telling Justin about it, and he's like, the guy lives here? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you never know what you're going to come upon in Sealy. Like, I used to work for a construction company on the outskirts of town, and some of the houses I would go to, I'm just like, who is this? And it's like, oh, that's the owner of the Texans. I'm just like, what? Just stuff like that. But, I mean, you never know what you're going to find or who you're going to meet and stuff like that, which is what makes Sealy so great. You know, it's like you said, 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes from Houston. You got a lot of people trying to get out of the city that pass through and whatnot. So, yeah, no, see, I love Sealy. It's, it's been awesome, and I'm glad it's kind of growing to what it is today. You know, I don't don't want it to get as big as Katie in my lifetime, but, I mean, I, I like the whole small town uh, vibes and whatnot. But, yeah, no, family moved 
We moved into Sealy uh, probably when I was, I don't know, two or three or so. Dad working at an office out of Fulcher, just south of Katy a little bit. Just grew up here, have an older brother. Grew up going to school, playing baseball, football, track, all the all those good things. And, you know, had the opportunity to get a scholarship to go play baseball at the University of Texas, where I was for four years. And when I first started going to UT, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, what I wanted to major in, all those sorts of things. Thought about the engineering route. And I thought about this the other day. I mean, when it comes to college athletics, I've been a part of it for six years now and I've maybe seen two to three people that I've played with do some type of engineering just because of the workload it's so much on on college athletes and stuff like that I remember taking a geology class in high school a dual credit class and I was like well let's let's see what that has to offer and ended up getting enrolled in some courses with the geology route and I just fell in love with it there's a lot of geology in the oil field, obviously, from the top to the bottom. That book I was telling you about, The Big Rich, uh, one of those guys was a geologist and, and just got, you know, stupid rich. And that's that's the funny thing. Whenever people ask me what my major is and I tell them, oh, it's geology, they just look at me and they say rocks. That's and right. Just, the rock man. It rocks. And I'm just like, well, I mean, if you only knew like what all goes into it and all those sorts of things and then. After so played four years, got my degree at the University of Texas and wasn't real sure if I was going to keep playing or not. My Our pitching coach at the University of Texas left and took a job at Ohio State and asked if I wanted to come along. And I said, you know, what? I got a, I got a couple more years in me to play baseball and stuff like that. And, and, and continue to learn. Yes. They got to keep that, too. That's exactly right. I was kind of a late add on towards the end of the summer of the previous year. So the only thing that could enroll me in was I got a master's in sports coaching, did that and then had one more year of eligibility, my sixth year. And I was like, might as well. So went back and kind of talked to my academic advisor. And I was like, I really want to do something that ties in with my geology stuff. They were wanting me to get some type of certificate because with scholarships and stuff like that, there's a whole lot that goes into it and money wise who they can give money on the team with a 35 man roster and stuff like that. Yeah, he kind of threw out the environmental assessment certificate to me and I looked at the coursework with it and just took off with it. I I really enjoyed uh, learning about it throughout the semester. My teachers have been amazing. They they know like what I want to get into and stuff like that. So they kind of guided me and led me and showed me what different options I could do with this environmental stuff in the oil and gas industry. So, well, I'm I'm in the safety uh, environmental department myself. They're absolutely right. There's so much you can do with environmental environmental management. There's so many different sides you can do with the geology. It, it really does all tie together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I said, I mean, I've talked to throughout this, the last probably couple of years, I've talked to consultants, I've talked to landman, I've talked to geologists and just trying to figure out what exactly it is I want to get into. You'll just end up sticking your toe in the water somewhere just to get started. And then you'll kind of self-guide. And what I mean is the next person you meet and then they'll be like, oh, that sounds interesting. And you'll just kind of flow until you've had a little bit more experience and finally start projecting that, you know, next five years, that next five years, and it, it will come together. I'm going to put him in touch with Miss Monica, who 
we all met at the uh, Midland Oil and Gas Fair episode. So Miss Monica does environmental. She's got Twin Horse Environmental, I think is the name of that. I'm sure she'll be able to guide him. Yeah, and I'm super thankful for people like Mr. Morrison and stuff, like getting me in contact with people. And, you know, my dad, he's been on me the past, I don't know, past year about getting connected with the LinkedIn stuff and all those sorts of things and telling me it's just a, a viable tool that I could use. And I got it, set up my profile and everything and was just kind of exploring it. And I saw Mr. Morrison on there and I was like, well, it wouldn't hurt to start networking and reaching out to people and stuff like that. I did the exact same thing. Okay. I just happened to run across one of his posts and I liked what I read. And then when I looked, uh, we had one common friend and I just sent him a message and now we're, you know, working well together. He was on last night's episode. It's about networking. Dan's great with it. I'll do everything I can for you as well. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've talked to a lot of people, a few people in the industry and, you know, they're just kind of bouncing all these different ideas towards me of what I can do at a, especially at like an entry level, like it's been hard for me as a college athlete being able to do uh, internships and stuff like that. Cause with baseball, especially you got, you got the summer ball and stuff like that. And you're going and playing in other States for a couple months. And then by the time you get back home, you're already heading back up to school and all those sorts of things and injuries dealing rehabbing and stuff over the summers and stuff like that. It's, I have been putting a timeline, which is probably a bad thing, you know, when I need to get a job and stuff like that. But I've started to think, you know, I got, I got the rest of my life to work and all those sorts of things. So you have plenty of time. So yeah, don't put too much, you know, undue pressure on you. Continue what you enjoy, obviously. And if sports is it, then great. Yeah. The work will come. Don't worry about that. I always just thought, you know, baseball and stuff was going to work out and it was really, that was my plan A. And then, you know, two, two arm surgeries later, then you start thinking, Oh, need to start thinking about a plan B and stuff right. like that. So no, I've been, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the last six years of, of being in college and playing college ball and stuff like that. I mean, it was a dream of mine since I was a little kid and I never thought I'd be doing it for six years with all the COVID extra year, uh, medical red shirts and all those sorts of things. So it's been a trip for sure. And all the relationships and stuff that I've made along the way have, have definitely helped me. And those also will play a part, you know, for the rest of your life. All those people you met, you know, as you all start to grow in your independent industries all around, you'll stay in touch. Especially these days, it's so easy with the Facebooks and the LinkedIn's and yeah, opportunities are definitely going to come your way. Exactly. That's another thing. I took this extra year like as a networking tool for me. Like, I've have some guys on my team right now and their parents are in the oil and gas industry and stuff like that. So, you know, I've kind of got to bounce ideas from them and stuff like that recently. It's been very beneficial for sure. Meet them and greet them. You want to make all those connections. And like we were talking before we started recording, go to that duck hunt. Not only might his dad be in the industry, his dad brings friends who are in the industry and network. Exactly. Yeah. No, my dad, he's enjoying the tired life right now. He, he would have been here, but he decided to stay an extra day out. Uh, we got a little place in, in Sargent, Texas, over there on the coast. 
He just spent another day out there doing some fishing and oh, stuff like that. Fishing. I thought he might have been duck hunting. No, no. <laughs> we're, we're trying to get him into all the duck hunting. He's not a big fan. He's, I don't want to be in the cold. I don't want to be in the rain, all those sorts of things. And I mean, I don't blame him. I agree with him. <laughs> I do. I did it when I was young and I loved it, but I get it. That's cold and damp and wet. So you have any questions that you want to ask me that I might be able to help you with? Yeah. I mean, I know probably times have changed and whatnot. And, you know, you got probably a lot more internship stuff now nowadays rather than I know my dad was telling me back then it was like, oh, I have a buddy that needs a job here. Come get on and stuff like that. What would be probably your your biggest advice for somebody like me who thinks that they're have a step behind or are being late to the process and stuff like that? Like, what's the first step that I, I should probably take right now? Okay, I don't think you're late at all. So just for one thing, you're not late to the game or anything like that. You've been learning. All of that's going to play in your favor when it comes time to get a job. Because let's just use a four-year college student. He's got his degree, but he has zero experience. You've got a six years. You got a master's, right? So that level already puts you ahead of him. See what I mean? So that's paying off. As far as getting into the industry, geology and environmental, you kind of have to take your, you know, pick your path. You don't have to select one for a lifetime path. For instance, uh, go work for a geology company. Go do the field work, you know, get your feet dirty. You're young, you're strong, you're able. You'll meet those people in that environment. They will tell you stories. They will show you what future path of of that particular field is. Give it a year or two. And then jump ship and go over to an environmental company and work with them for a couple of years. Play both fields to get an idea of what you want to do. You can work two jobs. You can work an environmental job Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and work at a geology Thursday, Friday, Saturday or something. So there's all kinds of different ways to find your path. But as I said earlier, it will come. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things with me is, like you said, early on, I would like to be in the field and see the layout of everything and how everything operates and stuff like that. And then, like you said, pick a certain thing I want to do within the industry, uh, whether that be, I don't know, sales, geology, drilling, fracking, all, all those sorts of things. Um, I guess I'm just trying to figure out if I should be looking for internships right now, if I should just be reaching out on LinkedIn for entry-level jobs or anything of that nature. Well, I've been with the same company 26 years, so I really haven't had to look, to be honest with you. I know that LinkedIn is definitely a very good method to communicate and network, reaching out to people, even that you don't know, like Dan, uh, pays off usually. Yeah, it's the networking. Uh, I, I really can't give you any direct advice. There's probably some listeners that may have some better advice. Do your research, try to reach out to those companies and talk to them. Some of them do have internships that, you know, they'll let you come in for a year and, you know, watch, look, listen, whatever. Definitely try something like that. I mean, it can't hurt. The more you investigate, I guess is the word I'm looking for, uh, the industry, like all those different jobs you just mentioned, there's a hundred more behind it. Any of them are a career path. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just trying to like get my foot in the door, like we said, and just go from there. 
it's definitely going to be something that I'm looking forward to just like the challenge of finding what's next for me and like finding new challenges is what I look most for. I mean, I think I've learned that like throughout my uh, baseball career is just like searching for opportunity and whenever it's your time, like it happens. Yeah. It, it happens naturally. You can force it or you can let it happen. And I'm the same way. I've always found forcing it, usually pushing too much or whatever, and it just doesn't work. But when it does come naturally, it feels right. You know when it feels right. And then you, it's kind of like going to Ohio State. I don't think you probably looked at them as a place to go. You're a Texan. You're staying in the home state. That opportunity came up and you're like, let's explore that. I mean, don't, don't shut it off. Being open to opportunities is fantastic. I wanted to compliment you, by the way. He was five minutes early to our meeting. <laughs> yeah, you know, if it's another thing, like I'll probably refer to baseball a whole lot, but like if you're on time, you're late. That's exactly right. I kind of laughed because I was running a little bit behind. I got down here at nine o'clock. I mean, I was on time, but again, I have that same mantra, you know, if you're on time, you're late. I mean, we're just down in the lobby of the hotel. No big deal. I smiled big. And you're right. It does come from baseball, but it's also a maturity thing. It's a responsibility thing that will pay dividends for the rest of your life. Exactly. No, no, that's I think I credit that to my parents and my coaches and just, you know, everybody's that's helped me help raising me, growing me up and becoming the person I am today. I've seen what success looks like. And, you know, I kind of want to follow in that, those footsteps and being proactive about it. For sure. Yeah, you're definitely doing that. Miss Monica is going to be the queen to get you into the environmental side, at least advice wise. She's such a sweetheart. I'm going to definitely get y'all together. She will be able to give you some specifics that I just don't know. I'm an offshore guy, so I don't understand a lot of the land-based stuff. Right. My dad, he took that first helicopter ride out to a, to a rig out uh, in the Gulf, and he was like, yep, no, this isn't for me. So uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, if it if that means going offshore and doing some stuff out there, I mean, I'm open to it. I'm in love with the water. I love fishing and all that good stuff. Uh, pretty much open to anything for sure. Land base, offshore. Explore it all, you know, while you're young and able. All right. Anything else? No, sir. I mean, I think that's it. Appreciate you for having me and coming down to Sealy, Texas. Hey, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to be back, so I'm going to keep in touch. I definitely want to record your dad if he's interested. Anybody. That's how this is propagating is word of mouth. You tell somebody and they're like, Hey, I want to do that. Or your dad tells a story and one of his friends listens and says, that's not exactly the way it happened. And he wants to tell his side of the story. You know what I mean? So it's another form of networking. The more people I can reach, the more stories I can get. Every story is important. In my opinion, I wanted you. As a matter of fact, I offered to pick you up and have you ride with me to San Antonio because I am pro industry. I want to help people get in it. And that's why I go to the job fairs. Unfortunately, we had a, a little conflict of, of timing. He just wasn't able to make it, but that's cool. I was able to come back the next day and sit down with you for a few minutes. And I appreciate the recording. And definitely I'll be back. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So you have one more season in Ohio State? One more. Last one. 
So, so spring training's right around the corner. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. We'll get we'll get uh, going. I think the second week in January, and then come middle of February, we'll start the season. Play ball. All right. What's the uh, mascot there? I don't. Buckeyes. Buckeyes. Yes, sir. Can you actually say that with a straight face? Because you're smiling right now. Buckeyes. <laughs> Hook them horns. Hook them and go bucks. There you go. All right. Y'all have a good one. Thanks again, Justin. I really enjoyed the interview with Justin. Seeing someone interested in the oil field, looking forward to a bright future. I did get Justin and Miss Monica together, passed along their contact information. Later that day, I heard from Monica that they had had a good conversation, and I believe there was an invitation for Justin to do some kind of internship. So I'm looking forward to following up on that and Justin, see where his career takes him. Justin's interview was maybe 15, 20 minutes. So I wanted to add Miss Monica's interview from Midland, episode seven, on the tail end of this, just to share her story again. She's been very supportive of Oilfield Talk. She's invited me to come out to Midland at the end of January where she's having a school for some of her products. She also recently announced the first annual Kairos International Innovations Conference. This conference will bring together visionaries, pioneers, and change makers who have harnessed the power of innovation to transform environmental, social, and governance landscapes. The conference aims to explore the profound impact of innovation on society and business, highlighting the pivotal role it plays in driving positive change. Our platform is dedicated to individuals and groups who have not only envisioned a better future, but have actively contributed to it through innovative processes, cutting-edge equipment, and transformative structural changes. So if there's anybody out there interested in attending the first annual Kairos International Innovations Conference, they've already signed up 24 speakers, Sounds like it's going to be an interesting event. I've been invited to go down, possibly do a little talk, do some recordings if anybody's interested, and maybe even MC the event. If anybody has questions, Miss Monica's contact information will be in the description of this podcast. Happy New Year from Oilfield Talk. Welcome to Oilfield Talk Podcast. Your name is? Monica Cervantes. Cervantes. And you don't mind if I put this on my podcast? I do not mind at all. So you have a beautiful smile. And I, the only reason, not the only reason, but when I was pulling up, I had to stop and I was waving you across and you stopped and pulled out your phone and took a picture of the trailer. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Thank you I very much. A mobile radio station. That it's is actually a studio inside. It's oh, a, it's a soundproof it. studio. You can come out and take a look if you want. <laughs> I want to. That's all right. Cool. So tell me what's going on. You're here. You said not recruiting. What, what was the word you used? So I'm on uh, recon. Recon, that's it. <laughs> that's she is in camouflage also. Yeah, She's yeah. in this very uh, bright flower jacket that's yeah. uh, easily recognizable. Absolutely, absolutely. Love it. Love so, it. Yes. It's actually recon work. I, I own and operate Twin Horse Environmental. I'm a CSP and industrial hygienist. I'm I, a safety guy. Yeah, are you really? I've been offshore safety, oil and gas for absolutely. 26 years. So. I love it. So I, I do that. I sit on the board. 
board for the World Safety Organization. I'm the only female serving member. We're a level two consultory for UN. Oh, wow. I just hosted uh, an event in Odessa, had the UN ambassador in. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Maybe I'd like to do an interview with them. No, show yeah. me what you got. So, and the other business I'm a partner in is Betonite. And so most people are not familiar with Betonite, but it's an ionic clay mm-hmm. and it is your drilling mud. Yes. So, uh, Pro mud is our mud from our mines. Pro mud. Pro mud. And so that is our product that we have. And we also, because we have an office here in Midland, but our bet night mines, we have four bet night mines, me and my partner in Mexico. Yes. So bet night mines come where there's volcanic ash. Okay. And it comes from the decomposition of feldspar. It's actually a rock. And oh, as wow. it decomposes, it creates a betonite. So betonite is ionic and it has a negative charge. Oh, wow. And so it's a charged particle. I didn't understand why that was so important. It is. Okay. It, because it actually, it's a two-in-one. And oh. so the structure of it, it's a triangle and an octagon. And if you can imagine this, there's spaces in between. So it's a great absorbent. Yes. Great, great absorbent. So you can use it on your lawn, agriculture. And it's it's used for lost circulation That's on, right. on drilling and to cool the drill bit. Okay, but it is also a really unique process, which is my EcoClean, and so it's also a flame retardant. Hang on, I'm, I'm just trying to get these verbal out here. So these are videos on YouTube, okay? Yes. So yes. anybody that's listening, they can go to YouTube and they can look up Pro Mud. Yes. P R O space M U D. Yes. And that'll be associated with which company here? Right here, my Kairos Global. Kairos. Kairos Global Group. H Y R O S. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll put this up on the website as well, so if people can see it. I can send you these links. Okay. So yeah, download. that would be good. I can put them on the website. The EnviroClean is uh, another company. Yes, no, it's another product. A product. Because betonite is not only absorbent of water because of its formation, it has a very unique chemistry. So it's isomorphic substitution. What is that? It actually has ability to take in cations and switch them. Oh, wow. And so it's not only a flame retardant, but it also cleanses and cleans. So you can clean the water. Oh, wow. So you can run water through it and it'll treat it. Yes, it'll treat it. Excellent. And it removes lead. I have a filter that I've designed to use in water well systems. That holds the bentonite? That has a bentonite. And then bentonite has a sister called zeolite, which is your RO systems. Okay. And so not only cleans it, but it also softens your water. Hey, cool. (laughs) So eco-friendly is a flame retardant. Fabric softener for right. FRs because if you have FRs, oh, you wash. You wash the fire retardant right out of them. So the betonite maintains the integrity of the chemical within it and lasts longer. I tell you what, you need to take that offshore because the laundry's offshore. Uh, we wash, you know. I know for a fact. I mean, I'm, I say I know for a fact. We're just using regular laundry soap. Wow. And if you could show the data, if you will, the proof that your product is a better. Not just a cleanser, because we we have to wash the mud out and the and the oils and greases out, mm-hmm. but to maintain that FR is paramount, or that. else it's no longer FR. And that's yes. been a problem with FR since it's been created. Absolutely. And that was my whole idea behind my design. And I actually have trademarked and moved for a patent. I have, I have been saying this since <laughs> FRs came out. I was yes. like, guys, it's done after 10 washes. Right. It, well, it, and it, it may be less than that. You may have better data. But I mean, I've always said Absolutely. 10 
10 washes of regular laundry. The FR's washed out. It's nothing but a pair of blue jeans. Absolutely. You're correct. <laughs> you are correct in saying that, sir. So that was behind the idea of Equal Clean. And our mascot is Ben. So I think I might have to put in an application with your company <laughs> because uh, I'll take this to the offshore industry and we'll, uh, we'll get that in every offshore oil and gas drilling production. I think we could sell a couple of pounds. Oh, I bet. I bet. And, and, and we recently acquired our mines in February. So we're binational. So our office and the warehouse here in Midland, we're moving into 15th floor Centennial Plaza. That will be our office space. And then we also have an office in Monterrey and where we have our four mines. And then the last- Y'all have a have, plan. Oh, I do have a plan. And, and I, I can't say it's just me. My partner is amazing. He is a brilliant man and has been in construction here for 35 years. So my partner is Isaac Diaz and he is just a very amazing man himself. Cannot take all the credit for this. Well, you're doing great selling me, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. And on the offshore note, next, uh, November 1st, I'm actually presenting to Houston at the Global uh, Golf Energy Global Leadership Conference Excellent. for Women. And so I will be there and I'm one of the speakers. So with that said, I can actually just hop, skip. And You're going to be right there. That's right. That, if so you, I'm super excited about that. That is wonderful. Yes. So sir. how did it go here today? It, it was awesome. Okay. So it was really, I, I always, now I tell people this all the time. Anytime there's a job fair, I attend, right? It's a good gauge for the economy of a city. I like that. And so I definitely. Or the industry. And the industry. So I walk and I talk to different people. Um, I actually help teach the lease operators at New Mexico Junior College as well. Okay. I'm one of the contract teachers. And anyway, two of my ex-students are here. <laughs> and so I helped talk to Danos, which is Donna at Danos. I said, wait a minute, two of my students are here. Have you talked to them? Yeah, come talk to these guys. I yeah. know who these guys are. I can I, vouch for them. Absolutely. So I put them in line and they were talking to her just now. So that was great. Uh, wonderful. I, I don't, I like the eye contact, but I have to check. See, look at my battery. Yeah. My battery's getting low. So I just wanted to make sure it hadn't stopped recording and yeah. then uh, we'll lose all this wonderful content. I just didn't want you to think I was ignoring no, you. No, you're fine. You're <laughs> fine, sir. You're fine. Buddy. So Rig Zones put this on. This is my second one. The first one I attended was in Lafayette, which I live in Louisiana. I live oh, in Baton Rouge, south nice. of Baton Rouge. So it's a 15 hour plus drive. Wow. That is yeah. Crazy. I went to Houston. I recorded three people in Houston uh, yesterday. Yes. Well, night before and uh, yesterday. And then drove from Katy to Midland last night from 12 to 10 o'clock at night. So I, are you going to be in Houston next week? No, I'm not. I, I actually have to go back to work on the 31st. Oh, wow. The, that conference is is a VP executive directors for ExxonMobil, Chevron. That is my next goal. I'm, I am I work. I work for a living. I work offshore still. I'm a HSE, 26 years with the same company. I've been doing that. I'm a paramedic. So I've done the whole nine yards worldwide. I just, I've got all this love for the industry yes. that I'm trying to use this platform to encourage people to get in. I, I met a guy just a few minutes ago. He just walked by, I talk, started talking to him. He's from Shreveport, Louisiana. I said, I was born in Shreveport. And of course he's like, all right, we're buddies right there on the spot. He'd never been in the industry. So I took him down, introduced him to a couple of people I'd met earlier entry-level stuff. He's excited. Wow, I love that. So my partner also has a radio station. Oh, good deal. <laughs> and so he transmits in this area. 
wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I'd love to be able to help you on anything. Well, we'll you see. Exactly. We'll try to get this out. It's Oilfield Talk Podcast. Um, okay. I gave you my information. Yes. You can scan that and it'll take you to all my digits, all my contacts. I'm on all the podcast platforms. I've got it. a YouTube, but I haven't started videoing yet. The future will be, you know, videos as well, just because that's part of the modern day way to communicate. They the like it both ways. Video. Did you see my video? You haven't seen it yet. You no, I didn't watch it yet. You're yeah, gonna, I'm going to get you to send it. it to me. Yes, I think you really need to see that. Maybe he can help you out on that. Okay, good deal. And every month I teach the lease operators. Can I give your information? Absolutely. We have a class. It's very successful in, in, at the junior college. In fact, I was featured in um, April of 2023 in the American Gas Reporter. Oh, wow. No, excellent. Yeah. Monica, this podcast, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background. I've known this guy for probably 20 years, and he was telling a story mm-hmm. offshore, and everybody was listening, and he was really intent, and everybody laughed and went went away. Yes. And then an hour later, I went back out in the same spot, and everybody's on their iPhone. Wow. Nowadays, people are not communicating. Not communicating. They're not talking to each other, and we're losing that connection between the old generation, the old stories, the humor. Yes. And that's what I'm actually trying to get is the old stories, the old history, the jokes, the crazy things that happen. Mm -hmm. It's yes, I'm promoting the trades, and yes, the work oil field. That's really what the backbone of this podcast is, is to get the people. I want the people that have been in it telling stories so there's captured for a lifetime. So it creates a positive safety culture. Uh, exactly. That's it does. where you have that communication. So I was just talking about it's learning. Mentorship. It's where you learn. <laughs> it's not exactly. Yes. So that mentorship is dire in the oil and gas because we have a lot of new hands who are so disconnected and they failed to see what they needed to know because someone didn't share that knowledge that they've had before. Yes. Not only that, but the culture now is me. All right, we're back with Miss Monica. I had to change the batteries. We were signing off, saying goodbye. Then we started talking some more and I said, wait a minute, if we're gonna keep talking, we might as well keep recording. So we were um, exchanging contact information. I showed her my popple on my phone. So if anybody hasn't seen this thing, it's P-O-P-L, a little RFID kind of deal that you can put anywhere. I have it on the back of my phone and I touched the top of her phone and everything popped up and she's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) It was incredible. I need one of these. Is that the coolest thing ever? It's the digital business card, modern day. So she is already trying to sign up and she's already trying to get it. So that's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. So you were telling me or starting to tell me about how you got in the industry. And that's that always is how I start my interviews. So let me start. It's been a journey. Always is. And as a female in the industry, uh, quite an invent, a very eventful journey. But I didn't sit out in this path. I started college pre-med. I was in my first semester, it went well. Second semester, I got a call and I was told my dad had broke his neck in an oil field accident. And so I left, I live in Hobbs, which is an hour from here. Hobbs, New Mexico. Yes. I left to Lubbock, Um, got there. My dad was in traction and I ran into the room being 19 um, and they had a crescent tightening the bolts on the side of his head of his cable. Right. So anybody who remembers this this uh, device they put on the outside of the head 
and they actually put screws into the brain, not in the brain, into the skull to hold traction and to maintain alignments of the, I'm a paramedic yeah. and I've, I've, I've seen it and I understand it, but I'm just trying to explain for anybody in podcast world since they can't see pictures of what this is. So people have probably seen this on television, but that's what she's talking about. Yes. And so that was very traumatic and to hear the screams that my father had. And so as soon as I walked out of there, the doctor took me and my mother and my brother into a room and said, uh, let me just have a reality check with you. He has broken his spine as C2 and C4, a very significant break. And so um, you just have to kind of deal with what's coming. And the percentage of him surviving is very low. And if he survives, he will be a quadriplegic because of the break being so high. Yep. And so that was really difficult to swallow. Um, and so... Uh, if, if I ever knew of a God, that's the time where I bet me. And yes, indeed. I prayed. And so my dad had a really long, um, he went through septicemia and he, his lungs collapsed with life support. Right. That happens. It does. Yeah. He was on a ventilator. Yes, he was on a ventilator. But they would take him out of the consciousness and kind of slip him into semi-consciousness. And I would hold his hand and he knew I was holding his hand. Yep. The brain still works yeah. and, you know, the, there's no damage there, but they just have no other function. Um, absolutely. So when they finally removed the trach and he could communicate, I'd say, can you feel this? And he said, yes, he did. He could feel this. And so they were like, there's no way. It's phantom. It's, it's in his mind. That's right. And so I'd be okay. So I went into the details of what had happened. So he had a fall. He was a sandblaster. 30 feet up, part of the bucket broke. And and you have to, this was 90s. There was 92. Safety wasn't very popular. No, there was no tie off. There was no stop work. Right. That part had been soldered incorrectly. He told his boss, his boss says, are you here to work? It says, or I can call somebody else. He goes to location and says, hey, mm. uh, I don't think it's soldered properly. Are you here to work or I can call another company? Unfortunately, that was the times and a lot of people paid that price. Yes. So what happens when he falls, he fell and his, he was on sand. And the one gentleman that paid attention in a first aid class was a very young, young man, the worm, as they called That's him right. at that time, yeah. said, don't move him. That's what they told us in the class. It saved his life. It did. And it's amazing because they could not figure out that he did not have complete detachment of those spinal cords. Oh, wow. So he's an incomplete quadriplegic. So it wasn't severed. The no. spinal cord was not actually severed and cut, which means signals are still getting through. The spine, the structure that holds it together was broken and displaced. Yes, absolutely. So back then we had the advancements that you have today. And so they said, well, we don't know how, but he is. He can feel. He, he can, can actually feel. feel it. And so they did uh, physical therapy for about five years and he's a max assist. Oh, wow. Excellent. He's an incomplete quadriplegic. And so the, he lasted a year and a half in hospital. And then after he came out a month later, the one brother I had died in a car accident. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Rough times. About a half a mile from the house. So I took on the responsibility and I had from the moment that my dad had got hurt. And I realized how much money he brought home. At night. Yeah, how much your brother or you my father as an oil field worker. Right. He made good money. Yeah. He was a foreman. So he brought really good money home. And um, I realized that. And so I took on three different jobs. Uh, I had college. 
Uh, college was a side. I did one class, one class a semester. Okay, so you stayed in, good. Yes, and that was due to the president of the college that actually kept me on and hired me as a part-time faculty. Oh, that's nice. And I retired with the junior college, 17 years I taught for them. Oh, that's amazing. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I still have my father. And what were you teaching? I taught aerobics. That was the quickest way I could get on as a part-time faculty. Aerobics. Aerobics. Like, oh. Aerobics. Okay. Like water aerobics, right. Pilates, yoga, you name it. Okay. The it. fitness. There you the go. fitness. But that helped put me through college. Yes. And and, and so in that time, I learned that I'm going to go back to oil and gas, right? So I got my biology degree. Uh, but I tried to get my degree through working for Slumberjay. Well, I didn't have time for school. I was back then. No, they're working, 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 yes. working. Crack fluids. <laughs> I had thickening times, ultrasounds. I was nonstop 24-7. And I was pretty close to finishing off my bachelor's. In, in what degree? Biology. Biology. So my cousin, she graduated chemistry, chemical engineer at the same time. Wow. She's crazy smart. And she went to work for Schlumberger out here in Hobbs. Yeah. So she was out there and she spent, I don't remember, five or six years, I think. She had that chemistry background and she yes. was cementing and doing all the crazy stuff. Yes, that's exactly what I was doing in the lab. And back then we had Crown Victorias. They were the thing. Crown Vic, the car. <laughs> that, if you had the car, you've made it. And I I had made it. Oh, look, look behind you. Look. We got a little one that's running away. I had to... She was trying to get away from mama, so I was no. just kind of slowing her down. No, so uh, great. That was nice of you. Thank you. And so uh, Crown Vicks were the mate. When you, no, had right. the, you, you had it made. And so and they're awesome cars. They yeah. were... Uh, they were kind of a, and they had that strut. Yes. And it, people tell me, I can't take this out in the field. I said, we used to take Crown Victorias out in the field all the time. As long as it hasn't rained. Yeah, absolutely. So what happens is um, I go back to school and, I, and I'm going to finish my bachelor's. And so I took the bachelor's and went into a law office. I managed a law office for personal injury. And a lot of oil field. A lot of oil field. <laughs> and it was a passion for me because I understood the pain. and But there was still in the back of my head that I'm going to tell my dad's story. And it helped to not only ease the pain when they heard that I understood. Right. The, the, the clients. The clients. Right. Yeah. And so it helped a lot. Worked for the law office. Went from law office to still a small business. So I still needed the insurance. So I went to teaching. I taught astronomy, meteorology, and geology with my science degree. How smart is this lady? <laughs> my goodness gracious. That's like, she does a little bit of this and a little bit I of that. Do. You have to. And in the oil field, you have to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And you know what? You're making my point. You know what I call that? A multifunction tool. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be. You have to be. Defined. If you're a multifunction tool for yes. a company, yes. it's hard to get rid of you. Absolutely. Because you might not need the biology degree, but I need that other portion. Well, when I went to apply at the law office, I said, uh, well, I have a biology degree. I do not have a, a law degree. And they said, what do you think law is? It's a scientific method. And I said, really? 
really? I did not realize that. Really? I, I never heard it said like that, but you're right. Yeah, and I did really well. And that's what I would apply to each case wow. is a scientific method. <laughs> Honestly, I did that. So I got my teaching license and uh, an alternative licensure. And I was teaching and I was inviting people from the community to speak to the children. They're not children. They're students, ninth graders. So they're the young students adults. that you're teaching. I'm teaching. And as I was bringing them in, I had people from different industries come in, potash, nuclear, but I brought in oil and gas. Now, this was at the junior college? No, this was at, um, it was in high school. Okay, Hobbit. I'm sorry. I missed the, I missed the jump there. So, oh, you're a high school teacher too. But I taught the junior college simultaneously. <laughs> okay. Teach them all. No, that's all right. I, I missed did. it. I simultaneously taught at the junior college because aerobics was in the morning, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. And, and then we go to, to high school from 7 to 12. And then, yeah. then we go to college from 1 to 6. Yeah. And then we yeah. go back to aerobics from 7 to 9. And yeah. then you sleep two hours. Yes, absolutely. And that's oh, it. Crazy, so, crazy. I love it. So I was bringing in different people to talk to the students. And I brought in a gentleman, oil and gas. And I said, you know what? This time I'm going to go back into oil and gas, but I'm going to be smart about it. So I went back and I started to look at different companies and I wanted to look at their safety record as to what they did and how accepting they were of a woman in oil on a field. What year was this? This was probably, goodness, I have to go back on the timeline. Probably 2000, maybe 2000. So yeah, 2000. I want to say nine, probably 2009. Okay, so by, by 2009, 2010, women were actually breaking into the industry. Absolutely. Yes, and I wanted a supervisor position. I wanted to, because I had worked so hard for my degree. And so I I looked at a company and they were very woman friendly because they had other supervisors. It was neighbors. And so I think, Drilling. Yeah, well, they had drilling and a trucking yard. And the one they had there in town was a VPP yard. And that's a volunteer protection program with OSHA. Oh, okay. So that's where I want to work. I want to work <laughs> with them. So I looked and the only position they had was a night dispatcher. Of course. And they didn't dispatch trucks at night. So you just sat around and read your college book. <laughs> So I applied. The interesting thing is that I applied and I didn't get a call back. And so I, I wondered why. Overqualified. That's exactly what happened. That well, how did I, I mean, I just threw my hands up in there. It's like, I don't understand it. I've heard that at these job fairs. The guy's like, they won't give me a job because I'm overqualified. I've been yes. in the industry for so long and I don't, I don't get it either. That, that, so what ha helped me was a supervisor was a woman and she cornered one of the managers at the safety meeting. She said, how come you don't hire my friend Monica? And she was because she's too smart for the position. And she had the best response. She said, smart people are hungry too. No, very good. And they hired me that day. And they told me the reason we're hiring you is because of Patricia. Patricia put in a good word for you and that's why we're hiring you. And how long did you work for him? So I worked there two years. I well, this I was hoping you'd say 10 or 20, like this big long term. Why did it require that? It, I don't get that either. And, and maybe that's something we can talk to some of these people about, some of these hiring agents. The guy's unemployed. Yes. The guy's 
hungry. Yes. He needs to work. He's willing to work night dispatch. He's willing to drive the truck at night. He's willing. He's just an employee. Yes. But he overqualified. Come on. Yes. And so what happened was I actually had a Red Cross instructorship. I taught Red Cross. And so there was an opening two doors down to teach Red Cross classes as a safety. For another company. For another company, which is a Fortune 500 company with I would get higher pay with a company vehicle and I'd work at day. Oh, that was hard. <laughs> that That's was, a real hard decision. That's why I left. I would have never left. I, I mean, come on. Everybody gets that one. <laughs> yeah. So I went to DXB, worked for them. I trained all of the consultants in the region. Uh, yeah. I, Oxy, Chevron. I had, oh, I loved what I did. I was very passionate. And I got to a point that, again, I didn't sleep nonstop. Everybody <laughs> would call me and I was a resource. You were the smart one that you was already pre-identified. But I read the standards. Nobody else would read the standards. You know what? I listened to this guy on a podcast, believe yes. it or not. His background was computers. Yes. And he was not good, but he read the books. Yes. He said, I read the manual. I was at the job, somebody started asking questions and he could recall the information. Technically, he wasn't trained for that. Yeah. He had read the books and he started having the answers that the bosses needed. Yes, absolutely. And so it made me start thinking and I was thinking there is a niche that I could feel with my biology because I love environment. And so I started back before everybody was talking about environment. There was still an environmental issue. Just we weren't it wasn't as big. It was not. And so I said, I'm going to go ahead and put in my two weeks. I said the guys were like, where are you going? You can't. <laughs> You're not going to have it better than this. I said, I'm starting my own thing. And they said, You started your own business? I did. I started Twin Horse Environmental. Excellent. On a payday loan. <laughs> my eyes just got the size of saucers, ladies I did. and gentlemen. I started at Twin Horse Environmental. All right. So you just stopped by the corner and said, um, I'm quitting my job, but give me a payday loan. Yeah. Work with me here. No, no. And, I, and no, then you get loan from another facility. You take your, you say, okay, can you pay me in advance, and then I'll get paid. Uh, on I'm Friday. just, I'm just teasing <laughs> you. I'm just teasing you. But the, basically, it's like, give me some money. I'm fixing to quit a job and start a business. Yes. And somebody gave her the money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the money for my paycheck. And so I told them, I said, I need this. Uh, I called the insurance company and I didn't realize that of my degree, they're, I'm considered as a professional. Right. Well, I didn't know that word. I didn't know I was a professional. <laughs> okay. It was shocking. And so my insurance rates were going to be a whole lot less than someone that was not a professional. Oh, wow. I wouldn't have realized that. Yes. And so I went into, um, I started my own and I, I ended work on the 31st of July and August 1st, I twiddled my thumbs at 6 a.m. Didn't know what to do. Because you just started your own environmental business. I had, I had nowhere to go. And so what happens is my phone rings and I, I answer the phone and is someone really mad at me? And they're like, where are you that I have to track you down to your personal phone and I need you out here? And I was like, sir, I, I'm sorry. I no longer work for them. Who do you work for? Mm -hmm. And I said for myself, I'm sending you some papers. You sign them and get out here. It was an MSA. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was an oh, wow. You got a contract that fat like that. <laughs> I really did. And honestly. that was your reputation. Yes. That was your, yes. your experience. That was what you had proven. Yes. You got your first contract. I did. On the first day. On the first day. On the first day. And it did nothing but grow after that. Oh, I did. And in fact, I was like, where do I get a hard hat? Where do I get a monitor? I love it. Where's that FR equipment? Yes, I went and borrowed it. I was trying to find how to get out there because he was screaming at me to get out there. Yeah. Did you go fix the problem? Yeah. I was like, they're the only one that knows how to do this. It's like Boom. everybody else is fix it till they make it. And then you know it. And That's I, exactly. And I was like, well, I don't I don't have anything. It's like, just get out here. And so I'm calling people. Can you let me borrow your hard hat, please? And a borrow monitor. I borrowed a hard hat and a monitor. I did. I, I love did. it. Yes. And so um, Twin Horse Environmental, I tell people it's me, myself, and I. Just the three of them? That, yeah. Sometimes they argue. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they have, they don't, they're not happy with each other sometimes, but it has really evolved. And uh, I try to be a mentor. Is there a specialty for your environmental? Uh, my specialty is people. 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 Keep them safe and care about them. Right. And so spread the word so it doesn't happen. I, I am my father's legacy. I walk in his footsteps where he can't walk. My right. father's still alive, by the way. He's oh, 77. Wow. And we that was how long? That was 30 years? He broke his neck at 40. Oh, man. Wow. 37 years ago. Wow, amazing. <laughs> Lucky. So he, we care give at home. He's been at hospital twice. As a medic, you can understand. I play doctor at only two twice. times twice. since he's been released. Yes, he's been released twice. in thirty-seven years. Yes. And he you're came. a heck of a caregiver. Well, all of you are. No, it's all not. of you. Are. No, I understand. It has to be a, a team. Well, my mother passed away in 2020 because she took its toll on her. And my children are now the caregivers. With my son is six four, and when he got tall enough to pick him up and strong enough, because it was humiliating when I caregived. For the for your father. father, and it was upsetting to him. So when my son could do it, he's like, "I don't need you to do this anymore. This is too hard on me." Right, I understand. And son, my son does it, and so he caregives. And I'm the sergeant. He says, "You only come in when things need to get fixed." I said, "You better believe it." You <laughs> take care of business. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. I love yes, it. Sir. So that's my story. That is a beautiful story. We are definitely going to stay in touch when I'm back out in this area, as I've already said offline, I'm going to stay in touch with you. We're going to get together. We're going to do a recording. She's going to Houston in November. So say the date. It's for the conference. It's for the conference. So I'm speaker for the Global Energy Leadership Conference for Women. It's in Houston. November 1st and 2nd. So I'm flying out on 31st and I am one of the speakers and proud to say that. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. You have a wonderful day. Stay in touch. I will. Thank you. You're awesome. I like talking to you. Well, thank you. Don't no, let me I have appreciate a podcast. it. podcast. It's so easy to talk well, to you. Well, you know, let's go look at the trailer. Okay. You, you wanted to look at it. We'll yes. come back. I'm coming back. I'm not. I have to head out. Nomad Mobile Productions is a broadcasting and media production company that produces podcasts and provides a mobile podcast studio complete with audio and video recording equipment. We also offer post-production processing, editing, marketing, and publication for podcasts. Our mobile production studio will come to you. Visit our webpage, nomadmobileproductions.com, or our Facebook, 